Hello friends, blessings to you. Welcome to the David Caldicott Audio Experience. Welcome friends. You may notice that my voice and my energy has shifted to what it normally is. This is as a result of being in day two of a ceremony in the Caldicott Method. And during the second day of our immersion experiences, this is the kind of vibe that we live in and communicate with each other in. In today's session, I want to discuss belief. Because in the world that we operate, in the, in the space of spiritual awakening, of gurus, of enlightenment, there are many who simply attempt to supplant your current beliefs with new beliefs. And this is counterproductive for the individual involved. It's productive for the organization that is running this service. <laughs> because it creates followers that feel dependent on the belief system that they have now adopted. But if we are to evolve as a species, we need to step away from that kind of behavior. And so one of the first things to realize as one becomes a student of the Caldicott Method is that the beliefs don't matter. They truly don't matter. The narrative of the belief, the story of the belief, is effectively irrelevant. Insofar as, unless it contributes productively to a life of fulfillment and joy, it's not worth considering. And further, even if it is an immensely positive and empowering belief, it is a complete waste of energy, time, and compassion to argue or debate with anybody else about the belief. The belief serves you. That's good enough. And you can talk about your beliefs. But if someone disagrees, you can just breathe and look away. The truth is that our universe is such a complex thing. It's near impossible to get any kind of consensus on any particular belief story narrative. And it is a wonder in the age that we live in that we've managed to figure out a few methods, a few tools that allow us to gain some degree of consensus. The scientific method is a good example. By distilling nature down to its simplest parts, the atoms, the forces, we can isolate things such that we can do experiments that are mostly consistent, no matter whether you do the experiment in England or Australia in the 20th century or the 1st century BC. But I say mostly because no matter how much you demonstrate that a theory is valid, you're only ever one experiment away from disproving it. <laughs> Even a law like F equals MA, force equals mass times acceleration. Sure, that law is wonderful and there is massive consensus when we are dealing with physical objects that we can see, feel, touch that are of the same scale of magnitude that we exist in. But as soon as you get down to the atomic level, it falls apart. So if something as fundamental to nature as the force equals mass times acceleration, if something as simple as that still does not have universal consensus, how in the hell would your belief about how the world began or what good means or who you're supposed to be or what your life is supposed to be about, how the hell are you supposed to find any kind of consensus? In the space of memes, in the space of ideas, in the space of the mind... Things are so fuzzy and complex and infinitely variable that not only does it not make sense to argue over these things, it is such a waste, such a waste of energy. And, you know, people come to our retreats and content that I put out there, it attracts a, a wide variety of people. And we sometimes get people who believe that aliens have come to Earth and contacted humans. We sometimes get people who believe that the bankers are in a secret conspiracy to keep everybody down. There's a lot of people in the spiritual space who have a lot of very interesting beliefs and ideas about the world. And the truth is, it doesn't matter whether they're right or wrong. 
What matters is, is the belief serving you? Is the belief contributing to a life of joy and fulfillment for you? Does the belief empower you? Does it give you strength? And usually, with those kinds of beliefs, on the surface it may seem like it empowers you. But as you dig a little deeper, you discover that it's coming from a place of powerlessness. Coming from a place of, I do not have authority over my life, and so I am projecting outwards onto a villain that I can blame for the fact that I don't have power over my life. Whether it's aliens, the government, bankers, conservatives, socialists. But again, it's not our job to convince them otherwise. It's not our job to convince them that the aliens aren't here, that the bankers aren't out to get you. It's our job to help them feel safe, because that's the thing. That's the thing that gives rise to all of the quirkiness of human behavior and belief. Not feeling safe. Growing up as a child and being told that the world is a dangerous place and having, having painful things happen to you when you're surrounded by people who don't know how to handle pain. So they teach you to bottle it up. They teach you to put it aside. They teach you to try to pretend it's not there instead of embracing and accepting it and crying your way through it. So that pain gets stored up in a muscle, in a tendon, in a joint, in a brain cell, in an organ. And then throughout the life, it gets triggered again and again and again. And so much time has passed that the original root has been long forgotten. The original traumatic memory has been long forgotten, but the emotional consequences of it are still there and present and showing up in everyday life all the time. And eventually people become conscious of it. And when that happens, they want answers. Why don't I feel safe? They ask. So they go looking. Who's out to get me? <laughs> they might as well be searching that in Google, eh? And then depending on who they are and what their background is and what their proclivities are and what they find sexy, and <laughs> they'll gravitate towards one or many of these beliefs. And I've mentioned some rather controversial extreme beliefs such as aliens and government conspiracies, but it can take the form of something as simple as mass media. The Russians, the Chinese, Donald Trump, men, women, feminists. But in every single case, if all it is is a projection of powerlessness and a seeking out of an explanation for why they don't feel safe, then all the belief does is reinforce the fact that they don't feel safe. And that's okay, for a time. You can't rush these things. It's not your job to <laughs> rush these things for someone else, but it's your job to take responsibility for you. And if you've got beliefs in your head, about the world, that involve conspiracies, that involve hatred, prejudice, toxicity, privilege, power structures that you are unable to operate within, then you're defining a reality in which you're powerless. And you don't need to. You don't need to. And this even applies to the things that have become culturally accepted norms. Let's say global warming. You'd be hard-pressed to find a reasonable, rational human being today who doesn't see global warming as a massive threat to our civilization. The only people who don't are fairly easily dismissed as quacks, Christian fundamentalists and those types. People who deny science now. There's no sense in denying science. Science is one of the best things that we've ever come up with to come up with some kind of consensus. <laughs> but they reject the science because they feel that the science is infringing on their spiritual beliefs. And that's a fault of the scientists for trying to. <laughs> science should not be aimed towards the subjective human experience of spiritual life. And the fact that scientists have tried to disprove God <laughs> has both alienated many people of faith away from the scientific perspective and also revealed to those who are awake the insecurities of the scientists themselves. 
and the deep-rooted feelings of insignificance and lack of meaning that mean that they want to go out of their way to deprive others of their meaning. This is not good. Even if the vast majority of compassionate, sensible, woke human beings, it's hard to deny global warming appears to be happening, and yet you still get to choose whether you have power or not. You still get to choose what your future is going to look like. I've talked in other sessions about how your universe is a unique entity that is wholly independent from every other universe. And when I say every other universe, I mean my universe exists within and from me. I create my universe and you create yours. And they are very different universes. And we share, we resonate on many things. I would bet that in your universe, the law of gravity works in the same way that it does in mine. But there are many universes in which it doesn't. Unfortunately, there aren't people living in those universes that we can talk to. <laughs> so think of the multiverse, the place where we all live, as being millions and billions of universes superimposed all on top of one another, sometimes passing through each other without even registering, like when you walk past people on the street and don't even notice them. That's a whole universe in that head, a whole universe, a whole history, a whole future. And it just passed you by, you didn't even notice it. And other times, you get involved, you resonate with other universes, and you can resonate constructively or destructively. Refer to my other session for more details on this. But in your universe, my friends, yes, global warming may be happening. Yes, there may be poverty. Yes. But does that mean that your future is dark and bleak? Is there a way that you can be grateful for the way that things are? and not use it as an excuse to hate yourself, or to hate humanity, or to hate rich people, or to hate industrialists, or to hate... Is there a way that you can see the deforestation of the Amazon, take a deep breath, and say, I suppose this is the way that it was meant to be? And then ask yourself, is this a cause I want to be involved in changing? And if it is, if it is a cause that I want to be involved in changing, how do I want to conduct myself when I change it? Do I want to do it through fear and aggression and blaming? Do I want to go on a crusade and invade someone else's universe and tell them that they're wrong and evil and broken? Or do I just want to choose to resonate with the universes in which the deforestation stops? Do I want to choose to resonate with the universe where the global warming doesn't destroy civilization, where it opens up land and Greenland and Antarctica for new settlements to arise? Maybe you could open a business in one of these new settlements. Maybe you could be like the Vikings who first discovered Iceland. Set up a little base, cultivate the land, mine some resources, and lift the spirits of your community. Maybe you could do that. Yes, I know the sea level may have risen, and yes, I know many species may have died in the process, but many species have died many times, friends. It's not your job. Unless you decide it's your job. <laughs> and if you want the future where global warming hasn't killed off so many species, then you can have that too. The only thing determining which of those futures you end up in is which of those futures are you focused on and working towards. That's it. If you believe that artificial intelligence is going to decide that humanity is not worth it and wipe us out, then guess what? That's probably going to happen in your world. I won't be there. <laughs> I'll be in the world where the AI is a hive mind 
that we can tap into that is full of love and that feels like a god to us and that loves us like a god would. That's the AI that I'm envisioning. So take a look at your beliefs and ask yourself, what would life be like if I didn't take this so seriously? What would life be like if I believed in just one thing fully and all my other ideas were just playthings for me to test out how it feels and only act upon if it feels good? What if I just believed one simple thing that I have power? That belief set the slaves free. To say that Abraham Lincoln set the slaves free or any of the white people who did it set the slaves free is demeaning to the individuals. Because here's what happened, friends. The people in power started to notice that slaves were becoming free, that it was possible for slaves to become free. And how did the slaves become free? Was it because their master set them free? Why did the master set them free? Out of the kindness of their heart? Perhaps. But if you have a prisoner who's been a prisoner their whole life, and the, the Americans did not create slavery, the people who were sold to the Americans were sold by their kings in Africa, and they had been generationally slaves to their king for a very long time. Their mindset was of a slave. It wasn't the white people that set them free. It was the belief that I am free and that I have power that set them free. It is the belief that they were free that set them free. And they happened to learn that belief from the white people around them who shared that belief. They learned it by osmosis. They looked at the white men and said, These men believe that they are free and it is so. I cannot see any reason why I cannot believe the same damn thing. <laughs> if they hadn't have made that shift, then even the most compassionate of slave owners wouldn't have set them free. And if they had, guess what would have happened? They would have become a slave to someone else. They wouldn't have achieved anything. And if a freed slave achieves nothing and contributes nothing to the economy, then clearly the more compassionate thing to do would be to continue to keep the slave. It's when the slave realizes he's free that the master can then see and say, oh, you're ready to be free. And obviously the sinister, evil and tyrannical slave masters did not want to see the potential and had their own beliefs and racist judgments that kept them from that. But the first slaves to be freed were freed by good men who were glad to see these people now believing that they were free. And the 20th century is a century of human beings fighting against their own power and blaming others for their lack of power. All of the wars that were fought, all of the civil rights movements, they were all a waking up of human beings saying, just because I am so does not mean I have less power than you. But it's become a little bit warped as these things do, when, when we have equilibrium and it is shaken, it flies back on the opposite side. And now we seem to be in a stage where so many people demand more power and are so hostile towards those who have power. And it's like the slave demanding freedom before they believe that they're free. It can't work. You can't just give someone freedom. You have to take it for yourself. And trust me, there were plenty of slaves who, when the law changed and they were set free, so to speak, they were not yet free. They just became slaves to others. And it takes generations for this to percolate out in culture. But this is a wonder of the modern times, as the internet makes it so much quicker. So power is where it's all at, friends. That is the only belief that is really worth having. I have power. And what is power? Power is the ability to influence oneself and one's environment intentionally. 
according to one's goals, intentions. Power is not about dominating others. Power is not about manipulating or controlling others. Power is about you. It's about how you handle yourself and your environment. Do you clean up after yourself? Yes, then you have more power. You influence your environment to become more joyful. That is power. Do you have communication and negotiation skills such that you can do deals with people who probably have very different beliefs and opinions to you and probably have very clashing personalities that you would not want to make friends with, but you're able to negotiate and do a deal with so that you both get what you want and each of your universe gets to be a little bit better? Then you have power. And of course, I say it's the, <laughs> the only belief that you need. But there are other beliefs that are worth having, such as I am free, of course, such as I am present, such as it is good for me to be present. So allow me to expand out the beliefs that you should desire stem from this belief, this core belief that you have power. Because you have power, you should seek out beliefs that empower you more. Do you like that? <laughs> I believe that global warming is going to work out okay and that I'm going to make the most of the situation because I have power. I believe that no matter what has happened in the past, no matter what structures of hierarchies exist, I believe that I will be able to accomplish the goals that I set for myself because I have power. And if you choose to still believe that Bigfoot is out there, then go ahead. <laughs> as long as you do it from a place of power. And on that note, friends... Thank you for joining me here in this moment. Thank you for connecting with me on this level. I wish you all the blessings in the world. Never forget your power. Go in peace. All right, thank you so much for listening. Do make sure to follow. Do make sure to subscribe to my channels at David Caldicott um, on TikTok. is where I'm putting a lot of cool videos these days. And on Facebook, at David Caldicott Media. On YouTube, the channel is David Caldicott or The Caldicott Method. Do make sure to follow and give us a like, give us some love, give us some support. And I look forward to seeing you again soon. Bye-bye.